Scott Kalonico, hello everyone. This is the very first recording of our new podcast, Comedy History 101. Yep. What would that be, Scott? That's would like the entail... that would be like the yeah. first. That would be like your core requirement. You know, if you're going to school, that you like, you'd have to take this class. And and uh, as the title implies, what, what what do you think people will get out of this uh, podcast? Um, hopefully, they'll be able to answer a 500 word essay. But we'll we, we'll be testing everybody <laughs> at the end. Yeah, there'll be an essay. <laughs> So as the name implies, uh, this is a podcast about the history of comedy. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, you need a sting. You need some sound effects in there. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I think we'll use that one. I think for this very first episode, let's start at something very iconic, and uh, let's talk about the history of the Improv Comedy Club. When you think of the Improv Comedy Club, what do you think of Scott? The brick wall, man. It's, that's that's the thing that you think of. And I think of A&E. A&E on cable, watching stand-up on cable. Yep, so uh, there's 22 Improv Comedy Clubs around the country. The main club is in Los Angeles. Um, uh, the, the evening at the Improv show that you talked about, uh, they filmed 200 episodes. Yeah, that was a good one. That was it. That was comedy in the 80s, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty much the improv, all the big names of comedy started at the improv. Everyone from uh, Richard Pryor, Andy Kaufman, Jay Leno, Seinfeld. Ever see a crook named Righty? <laughs> so it's pretty much a who's who of comedy that started at the improv. It's like those big comedy names like club wise there's like the improv the uh, comedy cellar comedy, in New York, comedy store comedy store the comedy um, store yep, yep 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 and then improv is just like one of these iconic clubs um it started in 1963 and who started who started the improv hi i'm bud friedman and i've got my eye on norwich connecticut oh that was bud bud free or wasn't it his wife or was it him no no it was actually bud friedman that okay, 1963 himself. yeah um at the time, he was a kind of like a aspiring Broadway producer, and, and he opened the improv as like kind of this coffee shop uh, sort of place where performers could hang out after shows. Uh, and it was mostly like musicians would go up. So it was like singers, and they would go up and they would sing, and uh, uh, then comedy sort of got rolling into the mix. And the very first uh, comedian to go up was this guy named Dave Astor. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a little research on him, okay. and uh, like in the 50s, uh, he was actually arrested like at a, at a Washington, D.C. comedy club for being too blue. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like... Just, yeah like, like, like a Lenny Bruce sort of thing. So um, he had to go like, to uh, like court, and like the judge would read transcripts of his like routine in the courtroom. Really? Without, okay. uh, yeah, 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 without the benefit of like timing. <laughs> that's, that's, that we should, yeah. do, do we have any of his clips? No, I looked on YouTube to see if there was anything. Okay. But he went on to be on, I think it was like on the Jack Parr show. Okay. And maybe Ed Sullivan. But he was like the very first uh, comedian on at the improv. So they would have like a bunch of singers. Then he would go on. And then after a while, uh, he brought more of his like comedian friends down there. And then it was like every like three singers would be a comic and then eventually like everything else we you know with comedians and stage time um eventually just all became comedy yeah yeah so that was and then who was playing the piano down there oh it's really funny so uh dustin hoffman would occasionally play the piano yeah and uh peter allen Yeah, I was just looking that up. There was, I have some recollection of uh, Kevin Klein doing a really funny P 
Peter Allen bit on Saturday Night Live a long time ago. Like, I Kevin Klein or Robert Klein? It was Ke- it was Kevin Klein on. Oh uh, right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's basically singing about Peter Allen, but I can't, can't find the clip anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So like Judy Garland played there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Bud said he remembers like Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli singing together on stage at the Improv. Yeah, I mean that um, would have that would have been something to see. Yeah, yeah. So the club was located at uh, West 44th Street near the corner of uh, 9th Avenue in Hell's Kitchen. I went by there like recently, and it's just basically all restaurants. So at the time, that was kind of like a rough neighborhood. Yeah, it was Hell's Kitchen, the name. Hell's thus the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So um, the club was started in a Vietnamese restaurant, and it just kind of had like kind of crappy decor. So uh, what they did was they tore down the, the, the wall. And there's like this great brick wall underneath, and that's how the iconic brick wall got started. Oh wow! Because you know it's this, I mean, it's so iconic to the point where all you can have to do is put up a brick wall and put a mic in front of it, and everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean like, it's literally brick wall reads like if you want to be like a set designer, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, Okay, we need a comedy club setting. You would you would put up a brick wall. Yeah, I mean that would it, and a mic and the sta- uh, spotlight. That's it. Do we do we yeah. do we know why? Bud wears the Bud wears an eyepiece. He wears a monocle. <laughs> I know, because uh, I think he was like the original hipster. Okay, but does he <laughs> does he need to wear that? Does he need to wear that monocle or? Well, tell me this: Does anyone need to wear a monocle? <laughs> I mean, we need to we need to find out a little bit more about this monocle. I mean, like nineteen. 19- 30s like evil german guys that were monocles yeah. <laughs> or or um i was just doing a little google research uh, uh mr peanut yeah okay mr peanut <laughs> yeah and then um and like like does monopoly guy have a monocle it's like 1920s robber barons probably all had monocles too yeah yeah uh, like like uh jj money pants yeah, no. you know from uh, from like a 1920s pre-year depression <laughs> yeah, uh you know yeah. top hat wearing monocle I, guy oh mr money pants <laughs> but mr I, money pants i think that kind of used to be i think that used to be kind of the improv's kind of logo i thought but freeman i know I, I thought it was like a monocle or something i thought they kind of used that as kind of their logo at one point yeah maybe so but um, um yeah i tried to dig around why he wears a monocle but he's yeah. just like he was just kind of like the crazy eccentric guy yeah huh. uh, here's an interesting tidbit and the reason that they moved into a vietnamese restaurant um i was reading this interview with uh bud was um it was like 1962 at the height of the Vietnam War, uh, Vietnamese restaurants didn't go over so well. <laughs> well, that was, if it was 60, no, he moved in like 62 or 63. Six, 63, they, they moved into the space. So yeah, I think he was, was looking at the space in like 1962, and uh-huh. then they moved in in 63. Yeah, but I mean, the, the war didn't start big full-time until like 65, 66. So um, maybe just people didn't know what Vietnamese food was. I, I would say yeah. that would be it, yeah. Yeah, they didn't know the pleasures of good Play, good bowl of pho. Is it pho or pho? Yeah, I yeah I know. We should spell check that. No, I mean it's uh, people <laughs> say it, people say it differently, and yeah, I mean, we I should we should talk to a Vietnamese person. That's a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> okay. I know, I used to know how to I knew how to say fuck your mother in Vietnamese. Yeah. Yeah. Do <laughs> mommy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to beat that. <laughs> no, dude, it's the it's the it's the podcast. You can say whatever you want. Oh, freedom of speech. Yeah, dude, we gotta we gotta use it while we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Trump's gonna take it away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one one kind of uh, uh, urban legend was that uh, Bette Midler was a waitress at at the Improv, but she never was. Okay. But, but she would perform there. Yeah. Did she play piano piano and stuff? And no, no. Yeah, I think she was just like a, a songstress. Uh-huh. And then Bud actually managed her and got her her first spot on The Tonight Show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there's – um, I mean, yeah, because they kind of started out as, as a place for everyone to go after they performed. You know, not that – it wasn't a, really a place for the punters to go at first. Yeah, it was like kind of like a clubhouse. So people would get done with like their Broadway shows and they wanted to hang out. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of like a place to go like after shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they originally just served coffee and then they got a liquor license. And then, you know, it just kind of built and then basically like the heyday was uh 
you know, like, oh, like those iconic 70s comedians like Richard Belzer and, uh, uh, you know, Rodney Dangerfield and uh, Richard Lewis. So what? So is this still in the New York one then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, the New York one was to 63. And then uh, it just like Jay Leno used to drive. He lived in Boston and he would like ride his motorcycle down like three nights in a row and just ride back to Boston. Uh-huh. Wow. And he would just like sleep in the improv uh, parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think I, that was some story where he, some oh, that was the other improv I think where like somebody was was fucking in an alley right next to him. Next to Jay yeah. Leno. Yeah, while he was sleeping, it's like it, well, I guess I'll wait till we get to the, the other improv if we're still in the New York improv right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're so, still in New York. Say, forget about it. There. Forget about it. Yeah. So I think one of the first big breakout stars was like. Um, Freddie Prinze. Right, okay. Chico and the Man, Freddie right, Prinze. Yeah. Uh, he was, was like 16 years old when he like first went to the improv. Have you have you seen any like Freddie Prinze uh, stand-up? No. Like, not Junior. Do you mean his dad? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I haven't. No. I grew up in New York in a neighbor called uh, Washington Heights. It's not really a ghetto. It's a ghetto suburb. Right? <laughs> Slums with trees. Right? Even the birds are junkies. I mean, looking back with, like, 2017 eyes, it's just like, you know, there's so many cockroaches in my apartment. You know, that, that kind of, like, New York uh, type of humor. The people that kind of lasted were the people that talked. You know, it was either the really weird people or mm-hmm. the people who were, like, talking about stuff that, like, you know, like Belzer and those guys and stuff. You know, issues that would carry through. Can be a little bit more quiet because I want to have a nervous breakdown now. And, and any noise during the breakdown. But, like, people who would, like, kind of build their act on, like, um, you know, commercials of the day or what have you that, you know, I'm sure it killed at the time. But now you're, like, it doesn't make any sense anymore, you know? How many people saw Shogun? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is podcast with Mike Birbiglia. And he was, like, um, his new movie, he just said, he like, in, when writing the script, um, he just made sure not to have any like cultural references, like even making like Twitter jokes, he would think, you know, is this going to be relevant? You know, like 10 years from now, will they even know yeah. what Twitter is? You yeah. know? So he was like very conscious of, uh, you know, not having those type of jokes yeah, in, yeah. in it. Cause it's just like, you know, the longevity of it is, is, uh, uh was uh, crucial. But, um, one of the big, uh, breakout stars, uh, of course was, uh, Andy Kaufman. So first I would like to imitate, Archie Bunker, you're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. You're, you're meathead. Get out of my chair. You ding back. Go in the kitchen. Make me the food. Everybody's so stupid. I don't like nobody so stupid. Thank you very much. Right. I think he first came to the club maybe around like 73 or so. Yeah. I mean, he was at it for a while. I think there was some... There was like some club in Long Island that he was performing on before that, and then he kind of worked up to the improv, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think either Bud saw him at the club in Long Island, or um, I read that somewhere that Bud first saw him at a club in Long Island, or he showed up at the improv and he would just stayed in character like he was the foreign guy. <laughs> and then like Bud just goes, okay, okay, I'll put you on. And then it's like, you know, he just purposely, like, bombs as the foreign guy. Yeah, <laughs> I like the foreign guy. Oh, the foreign guy is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, like, back in the day, so he would do things, like, uh, at the improv, like, um, like just go on stage in a sleeping bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just, just look at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, you're just kind of like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like you did a lot of like reading of children's books. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and the classic book is the the Great Gatsby. Reading the Great Gatsby. Yeah, and people would get really mad at him. All right, now look, let's let's keep it down, please, because you know we have a long way to go. <laughs> but seriously, though, if you watch like his early stuff, he's not doing stand-up. He's just like a performance artist. Right. Like, exactly. Like, you know, he's staying in character as like a. You know, he's not like, uh, you know, trying to go joke for joke he was just taking it as like a performance artist sort of uh approach to it yeah but he was but it was like concentrate it wasn't like this thing where 
you know, you're having performance hours and go and you're like gonna do an hour or something. You knew like he was doing performance art, but it was like that very it was like a burst, micro burst or whatever you want to call it, where you know it'd work it work in a comedy club setting, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this stand up was so you know that type of club was so new, so it's just like it seems like the rules were more open. Yeah, I mean that that was the interesting thing about you know when you start doing stand up and then like when everybody kind of starts out that same level where nobody's really that great yet or anybody knows mm-hmm. anything and then like you do meet all these different kind you know there's there's the intelligent comedian dude there's a prop comedian you know so you want to meet all these different even though if you don't like their comedy you can still like them as a person uh, that that's always interesting so you can still like. People with bad acts. Is what you're well, saying? yeah, I mean, if they're not, if they're not like Andrew, Are you sure? if they're not, if they're, I, I like you, dude. Ah. <laughs> you know what I'm doing right now? I'm pointing at you. Well, I mean, if they were like, if they were just like bad and just like not, but not like racistly funny, racistly bad, <laughs> that would be. I wouldn't be friends with somebody like that, you know. All oh, right, so you wouldn't yeah. be like friends with Roy Chubby Brown and <laughs> no. Roy Chubby Brown. Oh, or... just as a side note, you know what I found is like there, there's a Roy Chubby Brown uh, tribute artist. Yeah, no, I think you you said that to me. Before oh yeah. Or yeah, and also a Bernard Manning tribute <laughs> oh, artist. <my> <laughs> uh, people who might not know who those are, they're they're racist British comedians. Yeah, why don't you why don't you <laughs> insert a couple of their clips right here? I'm down the package job yesterday, and I know this is not politically correct. So sorry, it's. Going back to uh, Andy Kaufman, it's just like, what was like, so he became like Bud's son, like at the club, like Bud mm-hmm. just loved Andy Kaufman. He was like the, the, the house weirdo. What I love about Andy Kaufman is, uh, and we could do a full Andy Kaufman episode is that like part of his, a lot of his bits, like before people know him, he would purposely just bomb. It would start his set off by just bombing on stage mm-hmm. on purpose. Yeah. And then just completely turn it around and have the audience screaming. Yeah, well, that was the, um, you know, that was the, the Elvis thing, where his Elvis impersonation was actually pretty good, but he would start. Oh my off, god, no, yeah. it was like spot on, perfect. Yeah, yeah it, 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 but it it was okay. I mean, it was it was like ninety percent there. But I would say what made it better was that he because he would go on he would go on stage as foreign man. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. really bomb, and then they go, oh, I'm gonna do another, and he would do those really bad impressions. Like he would do the Archie Bunker. I am sitting in the chair. Yeah, you know he would do these really bad impressions, and then yeah. you know he'd get all sad, and then he'd do the. Like, now I'm going to do one more impression. I'll do the Elvis, the Elvis, and then he would do the Elvis, and it would actually be really good. And he'd have the suit on underneath, and that's what kind of made it so. You know, he would turn things around. Yeah. Yeah, or the, there's the one where he would just start crying, and he had bongo drums. Yeah, bongos. And he was yeah. like crying, and he just like slap the bongo, yeah. like, and then he'd like in the beat of his crying, and then suddenly you just burst into the like this bongo solo. <laughs> Yeah, this is so brilliant. Yeah, so that must have been like a. How how long was that New York club? It's not still open, is it? Oh no no no! It closed. uh, God, uh, I'm reading here. I think 1970. Oh, we'll look that up. Okay. (laughs) But it closed because uh, Bud got divorced. Uh, after he moved the club to LA and okay. his wife got the New York club uh-huh. and he got the LA club. And uh, okay. I think maybe sometime in, yeah, you think if we do a history of the improv podcast, he would know, you would know the history of the improv. I don't know. That's what Google's for. Okay. You people well, Google it. Just have, that would be We're the working whole, hard here. That's the, We're that's, the pizza. That's the whole, every podcast just go, Hey, you go Google it. It's like, they're all like yeah, five yeah. seconds. Which is long. also a good name for a podcast, but, which is probably already a podcast. <laughs> it's just our it's just ads and then us in the middle going, Go Google it and then that's the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a great it. clip of Andy Coffin, a nineteen seventy seven HBO uh, uh, young comedian special that's filmed at the improv. Up to now, you know, every time I've appeared someplace I always do the uh, that foreign man character that that I do. And I'd like to uh, branch out more you know, just do myself so. again he goes on stage just doing he's like i'm just gonna be myself i'm not doing 
the crazy character, and he just starts doing like these really bad like jokes. Yeah. That are getting laughs. Like first, the audience is sort of laughing because they know it's Andy Kaufman, but he's like, <laughs> he's just purposely bombing again, and he runs off stage crying. It's not working. So I think. So I think. Um, thank you very much, and I'm sorry. And there's other acts, and so I really shouldn't have done this. Yeah. He comes back and then he's like, goes into the bongos. <laughs> I just I read an inter- interesting fact about Freddie Prince. Uh, he was Hungarian. I didn't know that. Oh, Hungarian and Puerto Rican. Yeah, and Puerto Rican, but uh, Hungarian. So I'm a Hungarian. <laughs> So in 1975, uh, Bud moved the club from New York to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he opened the club where uh, on Melrose. Right. And that was like unlike the other the New York club it was built like specifically for stand-up comedy, and they kept the brick wall intact. Uh, Jay Leno actually helped paint the ceilings of uh, the uh, LA club. Mm-hmm. And his partner was Chris Albright, Albrecht, who later went on to be the president of HBO. Oh, whose partner? You mean um, Bud's? Bud's partner, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so part of the history of, like, uh, the improv is, like, the people that, like, worked there. Like, um, Judge Apatow was uh, a door manager there. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now it says Daniel Baldwin was was a bartender there. Was is, is he one of the Baldwin brothers? Uh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, and then apparently Alec worked at Studio Fifty Four. I was reading somewhere. Alec Baldwin? Yeah. You know, oh, cool. Trump. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, was Trump? What did Trump own Studio Fifty Four? No, but I'm sure he hung out there. Mm. Maybe after going to the Improv in New York. Well, but it would have been closed by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, Deborah Winger was a waitress there. Oh, yeah. In the L.A. one. And uh, the woman who wrote Thelma and Louise. Okay. (laughs) No name, just the woman who wrote Thelma and Louise. Well, she has a really hard last name to pronounce. Kelly Corey. All right. Yeah, so I was listening to this podcast on how to do podcasts. (laughs) And they, they said, always know research so you pronounce names correctly it was one of the key components of doing good podcasts okay so did, so anyways it's Kelly Corey so did we do did we do that for this podcast <laughs> yeah but no it's it, you know what dude you know what dude uh, to know the rules is to break the rules okay so ah, you're, you're you gotta you gotta know the rules to break the rules yeah but that's a comedy thing though too because i remember <laughs> i remember like that was like the, the big the big thing was yeah they would say when you're doing uh just my mic here they would say when you're doing comedy you know they would like like, like sometimes like the mc like they didn't like you they would like get your name wrong on purpose oh, oh my god yeah you mean just be an asshole yeah just kind of being an asshole yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, I think there's a Marin podcast where um, uh, like a comic was on and, and like he said like one of his first sets Marin was like the host uh-huh. and purposely did something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I remember I hear that <laughs> one too. Yeah, that's um, yeah, I knew some people that would do that sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to be like an asshole. Yeah, just to, to not be a dick. Well, you're hosting, dude. Because that, yeah. that I thought that was the interesting thing about the. Um, the uh, the the A and E special they would tape there is that Bud Bud was the warm up act. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. And, and, and it's like as as like all the comedians say he was like the worst host. Yeah, that was, was... <laughs> like 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 for a while like at one time he was like actually trying to do jokes on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think one of the Wayne brothers, uh, uh, Keenan maybe said like you would just Bud would tell jokes and then you would go up. To just like blank looks on people's faces, because yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, which is like the opposite of being a good host. Oh yeah, or that's like the idea. The idea. What is it called? Pumping the pump. You pump the crowd the up, priming the pump. Yeah. And what you're yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah, do yeah. is you get the crowd excited about being at the show yeah. and not. <laughs> but he's like the owner. But he, yeah. it's like he, it works on the TV show though, sort yeah. of. You know. Yeah. Well, editing, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So um. So yeah, I mean, I've I gigged at the Improv a few times. I remember, I think it was like the first time 
I gigged at the improv in LA and I was like all excited. And then like, there's Bud Freeman. And then he, he like came up to me and, and then he went, you can't stand there. <laughs> that was... <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got, it's like, Oh shit. I'm being yelled at by the guy from TV. <laughs> Are we telling our improv <laughs> stories now? I don't, are we on that segment yet? Are we? Are we? No, let me oh, go back. And let me. Uh, we're, oh yeah. That's the other thing about about podcasts. You should um, keep, know, keep to the, the, yeah, the itinerary. Keep, yeah, stick to the order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll save that story for later. Okay. We'll save it. At or the or end. in post, I could like uh, edit it out and drop it in. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll. Yeah. That's all be up to you, dude. This or maybe we drop we edited it from before and we dropped it in here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. blowing people's minds. Yeah, blowing my mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, so we're in the West Coast, and we closed down the the store, a comedy store in New York. It's not comedy, improv. The improv, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, yeah. Yeah, so things were going along smoothly until 1979 when, uh, uh, do you know what I'm going to mention here? Uh, I do. Uh, the comedy store. Comedy store. Strike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mitzi, the, the, the comedians organized uh, a... Uh, a protest against Missy Shore because she was not paying the headlining acts. So uh, there was a big strike. It got really ugly. Actually, one comedian, and we'll save this for another podcast, actually jumped off the roof of the Riot Hyatt into the comedy store parking lot. Yeah, that was just right next door, or pretty close by, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So comics started going to uh, the improv for stage time. Okay. Until Uh-oh. until there was a big fire that burned down the entire improv. Oh my God. Okay. What year was this? 1979. All right. Okay. And was it so, ours? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm too Arsh. excited. I'm, uh, who, yeah, yeah. Who did it? <laughs> ah, it, it, they they don't know. But the rumors stem that it was a disgruntled comedian who bombed on stage, or or some of like Mitzi Shore's thugs. Uh-huh. Oh my god, her her jackbooted thugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedian thugs. It could have been like, um Polly. Like dice dice clay. I know Polly was dice like clay and, and <laughs> probably, It was probably dice clay and Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> Dude, I just took a sip of coffee and I almost did a spin take. <laughs> Save it for the live show. Save it for you the know, live show. I just picture like Yakov Smirnoff with a with a big thing with a big Russian thing hat. Of gasoline and a big Russian <laughs> hat on, yeah, yeah. dousing the improv with gasoline, <laughs> going what a country, what a country. I actually I um I was doing some research for another podcast and I was watching a bit of Yakov Smirnoff material just not too long ago and. Um, some of it was alright. It's right. not bad, I mean, dude. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's still pretty funny. He makes fun of Cleveland, <laughs> which is which is really funny. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. So this was filmed at Dangerfields. There was that young comedian special that uh-huh. he was on. But, um, and we used to use those clips for our show, Jokey Okey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dangerfields. Um, that's another. That's a whole another podcast. G- g- yeah, because here's the crazy thing. Dangerfields is still open, and I know no one that performs there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this crazy. I just heard it's like horrible. Uh huh. And it's still running. It's like to this day. Wow. <laughs> and I, I just heard like the the vibe is just really awful there, and I, I just really know no one other than a few people that have actually performed there. You never hear people. Saying, you know, they're doing sets at Dangerfields. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never see any, that listed on anybody's CV. Yeah, yeah, so that's still open. But, yeah, so the, uh, the, the improv burnt down. It was like the whole thing burnt down. And so uh, to help rebuild it, I think uh, – hold on a second here. Oh, to help rebuild it, uh, Robin Williams and Andy Kaufman organized uh, fundraiser shows. Okay. Help, uh, rebuild the place. Oh, that was cool. I, I saw. I got. I got. We're gonna have to do a whole whole podcast on Dangerfields, man. I went. I I got sidetracked. I, I looked at the Dangerfields website. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. it's what? Like, what? It's like from from 1995 or something. My God, it's horrible. <laughs> my Wait, eyes okay. hurt looking at it. All right, we'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> oh, look at that backdrop. Yeah, dude. That was like the Jokey Okey backdrop yeah. that we use. Like when you like Google uh, stage. Curtains, yeah, you know, to get like a Google image. Oh my god, this is <laughs> another podcast, dude. Another oh, yeah, okay, podcast. Save it, save it, save it. Okay, all right. Improv, improv in Los Angeles got just got beat, rebuilt. 
Yeah, so then in the 80s, uh, it, the newly launched cable network that went the Arts and Entertainment Network, also known as A&E. Also known um, as the Nazi Channel. Why the Nazi Channel? Oh, because of all the <laughs> yeah. documentaries? Yeah. Or is this how you see the world through Nazi eye filters? No. Um, <laughs> but you see Nazi and everything. No, because they, they, they took over the world, dude. you got to keep your eyes open. <laughs> Hugo Boss is still here making commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And another podcast in itself, we could talk about uh, Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, Big sponsor of and, the Olympic. Yeah. And Fanta. Fanta? Yeah, that was a Nazi drink. Did oh, you know wow. that? Yeah, Google no. that. Yeah. Well, and Volkswagen, too. Yeah, well, that was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, leave that. we'll leave that there. We now return to A&E's and Evening at the Improv. So, um, Evening at the Improv, it yeah. launched in the 80s, uh, which was like, and that was like the kind of the start of the 80s comedy boom. So, I think they did like, what, 200 episodes or either 200 episodes or they have like 200 hours worth of uh, shows they filmed. Yeah, it went for, went for like 14 years, so it was on A&E, which is, that's a pretty good run. Yeah, do you ever, like, I was Googling like old episodes, like, you know, like the iconic comedians, they're, they're pretty funny, but. God, there's just like a lot of bad '80s comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 I was gonna go on this theory that uh, the '80s was probably the worst era of comedy. And when cops pull you over, they always say one of two things, don't they? One, do you know why I stopped you? <laughs> like you're gonna tell them. <laughs> well, yeah, I was doing a hundred. <laughs> Got this bottle of Jack Daniels between my legs. <laughs> and oh, drugs in the glove box. <laughs> Like, you know, as you would say, like, what's the worst era of music? I would say almost for pop music, I would say like the 50s. Yeah. Other than jazz. Mm -hmm. But I think the 80s was like the worst era. Like 70s had like, you know, Richard Pryor and George Carlin doing their best bits. It's Jesus saves. I don't know who. Couldn't save his own ass. <laughs> right. And 90s, like, you know, that was like. The rise of alternative comedy, but mm -hmm. I th I think that '80s was just like the shittiest comedy. I, I think it's just they just had so much of it, and it was just so like everybody. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's what they say here in this article is that that started the comedy boom. Where um, and then uh, improv clubs started opening up everywhere, like in San Diego, San Francisco, uh, Irvine, Tempe, Washington D.C. And 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 there was just like this crazy comedy boom where there were so many clubs. And in such a need to fill comedy rooms with comedians, yeah, oh, that yeah. It, it just got oversaturated, and and I think that's why that A and E show is like so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> like you know everybody was on there. We um, yeah, I mean we had I remember there was like an improv, not an improv, but it was like a comedy club down the street mm -hmm. from me in Houston, and that was in the, in the suburbs, and they had this like uh, comedy club there. And that's how pervasive these things were. Oh, did they have what, who were the Houston bat or what was the name of like Sam Kinison's? Band? Yeah, there was like the the, the outlaws. The outlaws, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And were they, they were all there? no, no, like Bill they, Hicks. They might have been, but there was a there was a big workshop. It was like the comedy workshop, I think it was, that was in mm -hmm. closer to downtown Houston. But they might have toured different places, you know. Oh, I said they played everywhere. If yeah. they're there in like not in L.A. and still coming up up and coming, they played like everywhere. Yeah, there was like a comedy workshop. Uh, this is this is another podcast again. There's like a comedy workshop in um, Austin and then one in Houston. I think that was called a workshop, comedy workshop. Another podcast. Another podcast. So it's yeah. basically there was like an improv and I think another big chain at the time was like Funny Bones. <laughs> Chuckle Buckets. <laughs> yeah. And just like every strip mall had like a comedy club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so th I think that's why like the, the evening at the improv was like so bad. Yeah, I mean it's interesting going back and watching like not yeah the it's it's like yeah the big names are cool to watch but it's kind of interesting to go back and watch the people who were kind of theoretically big back then because like one of those I know we watched like what the, name, names like what like uh, what we'll names? talk about this uh, so that what we both watched that was it the improv documentary yeah yeah thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. Was 50 on, years be in front of the behind the brick, the brick wall. wall yeah so that yeah. was I mean it was a pretty interesting documentary but one of the things they had Jerry Seinfeld on there and he mentioned a comedian by the name of Ed Bluestone, 
right? And oh, yeah. then he was starting out. <clears throat> and there was like and Seinfeld was saying, you know, there was this guy was pretty big and like the announcer would the MC would get up and just like go, Ed Bluestone's on the way and you know, and everybody got all excited and <laughs> a couple of acts would go up and he's like, Ed Bluestone's like ten minutes away and everybody would get excited. <laughs> and then like I went and I found a couple of his clips online and you're just like uh, wow. I mean he wasn't bad, it was just kind of non I called up that charity Big Brothers. Figured I'd spend some time with a fatherless boy. They sent me a kid who had killed his father. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of generic, just in case we, we want Ed on the show at some point. But the interesting thing I found out about him is he used to work for National Lampoon, and he's the guy yeah. who, he, he's the guy who came up with the uh, if you don't buy this magazine, we'll kill this dog cover. That was him. Ah, nice. Oh, yeah. okay. So he was probably more like a writer. There's a good documentary on the National Lampoon. Yeah. Um, came out like last year or maybe two years ago. Right. Did you see that one? Yeah, it was really good. Okay. I'll watch that right after this. Yeah, yeah. And I did a podcast with one of the guys in it. Um, Tony the guy, Henry, the British. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the the guy who was like Spinal Tap's manager yeah, yeah. in the movie, and he was like one of the original National Lampoon yeah, guys he's, yeah, on he's... his podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So go, oh, go no. ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So it is interesting to go watch his older shows and just watch all the people who who didn't quite make it like they thought they were going to, or or were were t were tapped to become the the next big thing, but never did, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like back then there was like so much work for these guys because there's so many clubs, you know. I used that to... yeah, sorry, go ahead. They can make a, they can make a, there were so many comedians making a living and, you know, all they had to do is just be generic and get the generic laughs. Okay, yeah, like these guys, I think so it looks like they're still around. Um let's see. Uh no, they haven't updated they haven't updated the website in about 3 years, but it's called Shecky Magazine. Um, yeah. Run by this Brian Kim, Brian McKim, and Tracy Skeen. Um, but they would cover Montreal. I think they covered Montreal while we were up there. Yeah, yeah I remember Checky Magazine. Yeah, yeah. So it's still kind of around. But like Brian, at one point, uh, he was just because he was a working comedian in the '80s, and he posted a blog post where mm -hmm. <clears throat> he had all his airline tickets. Like, and he was getting paid. Like, you know, by the clubs, they would pay his airline ticket and put him up in a hotel and you'd get money for, you know, opening or middle. For a deal. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, deal. yeah. yeah. So he was like, yeah, that's how much money was being made back then. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So, um, yeah. And with that, it just, that's what caved in. And that's like in the 90s, uh, uh, kind of like brought the comedy recession on was, you know. <laughs> Partly due to the expanse of, you know, things like the improv and oversaturation of, like, people just being turned off by evening at the improv. Like, these, you know, because if they had to fill, like, 200 hours or 200 episodes, whatever it was, it's like, again, it's law of averages. You're going to have to just book generic comedians. And, and, like, the improv style of comedy, you know, garnished that kind of, like, comedian in a sports jacket with the sleeves rolled up in front of a brick wall doing airline jokes. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, so it's just like that was like attributed like that kind of like bad comedy was attributed to like, Oh, it's like evening at the improv. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then like, again, it turned off people and like, you know, uh, uh, which brought, you know, the nineties alternative comedy boom. Uh, what a, what a great time to be, to start doing standup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I picked Just a great like, time to start doing standup. Yeah. <laughs> right. When things start to suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in the nineties, uh, that brought the success of, you know, comics like, uh, Seinfeld and Ellen DeGeneres and Drew Carey and Tim Allen. Uh, you know, they all were improv comedians and that sort of brought about another rise to, uh, uh, comedy mm -hmm. and, and then and, comedy central got its start so that's kind of you know helped fill out the improv but yeah uh judge apatow actually that's where he met adam sandler yeah the improv <clears throat> i mean there was I that think they were roommates yeah the, i think yeah it was, it was in that that improv documentary and then uh, i think what's funny is that um yeah they had a clip of apatow doing Stand up in the improv from that eighty, mm -hmm. and he is the the shirt sleeve, the sports jacket rolled up sleeves guy. But it scares the shit out of everybody he meets because no one expects it. It's like that's my friend Tony. How you doing, Tony? Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you had to be. That's what that's what you had to do when you're you're being a comedian. 
Yeah, yeah. And so with the new era, uh, uh, the comics of note were like Jamie Foxx, Dave Chappelle, uh, Jeff Dunham. Yeah, with his puppet. <laughs> How you doing, Peanut? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm fine. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Silverman, Brian Regan, uh, Daniel Tosh, Aisha Tyler, Bobby Lee. So they came out of the like the '90s sort of uh, uh, next wave of uh, of improv comedy. Yeah. So is this the part where we share improv? Stories? I guess so. I mean, we can we can, now we can talk about our 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 improv, our our personal improv. Bring bring it back to us. Yeah, of course you got to bring it back, bring it back to the the hosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, there was a time where uh, Bud yelled at me. Uh huh. Tell me about that. Um, he said, "Don't stand there." Okay. I'm the, like, I was just all excited. There's Bud Freeman. You know, it's like seeing like Ronald McDonald, yeah, you know, in real life. There's you more know? than one Bud Friedman. Was he wearing a yeah. monocle? Yeah, I think. Yeah, of course he's wearing a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe if he was wearing a, I think I don't know if he. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a monocle. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Bud is now like I think he's about 83 now. Yeah, he still looked pretty good in that improv documentary though. I mean, he was still. Yeah. Yeah, that was from the improv documentaries from 2013. Okay, yeah. Have I got a show for you tonight? It's the single most insane thing that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so I remember, like, so um, at one time when I had, like, representation, I would get, like, regular spots at the improv when I would go down to L.A. And I, in, in, without a doubt, I would always have to follow, like, one of the Wayne brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know which one. And, and they would always, like, and... Like he would end his act with like uh like miming humping a chair or something yeah. like that. Right. And the crowd's just going wild. And then you would go up and it's like, We don't know who you are. Yeah, no. <laughs> and you had to follow that. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and and so um like did you have to uh like so you had a spot automatically, you'd have to like wait or and are they do they Oh still... yeah, yeah, no, no, I when I was working with Duncan and Colleen, they would set yeah. up spots for me. Yeah, so they set up a spot for me and Stacy one time. Mm-hmm. Once, once, and that was yeah, it went okay. We were in the big well. It was just they'd close that curtain off. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just kind of a half a room. But all I remember is that um, what's his name went on before us. Um, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Dude, I I, I infiltrated that show. <laughs> Maybe you could play as, as T-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind That's of... a podcast in itself. I, I know, too. Like, yeah. Tip helped me with that one. Tip Pope. Oh. Okay, yeah. With the infiltration. Yeah, no, Chip and those guys are they do I think it's all about the um I think the kind of I guess we can talk about the future of um comedy store i mean like it seems like like most wait 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 back up what did oh, you say oh what what the I future do? of the comedy store yeah did i skip what um... no we're the improv dude oh improv oh sorry yeah i take that back i mean it's just <laughs> could a guy share one more funny story oh yeah go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to take away from your funny stories go ahead <laughs> no i only have like three of them okay yeah i only got to, like, to do two of them i had jamie kennedy <laughs> i'm done i'm done yeah 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 um so another time it was like there was about eight people in the audience, and oh then uh, I look out and one of them is Kramer from Seinfeld. Oh my god, Michael, Michael Richards. Richards! Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. Did he stick so, a fork up your ass? <laughs> Yo, I think that night I was using the N word a lot, so I think that's where he might have got it from. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Never. No, no never, never, never. No, ever, ever. no, we're not. We don't. But I, remember, I remember going to Duncan afterwards, and I go, uh, "Did did did Michael Richards laugh?" And, and he went in parts. <laughs> oh my god, man! You almost missed your chance of being on Seinfeld. <laughs> no, this was during Seinfeld. I no, know. it was after Seinfeld. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Huh. Hmm. But yeah, I guess we can talk about the future. So uh, lately, I think it's like the Improv's been featured in a few movies. I think last was. It says here on the site, the critically acclaimed funny people. Oh, that's the... Uh, Do you see that? The movie's like, so horrible. Yeah, that was the, um, that was the John Apatow John one. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, with Adam Sandler. And when he was a, a comedian. He was like the dying him. dying comedian or something. No, that's Man on the Moon. That's Andy Kaufman. No, but didn't... I think he had cancer or something in that movie. Did he? Yeah, something like that. I, don't, I never saw it. I don't know. It's just really forgettable movie. Yeah, on that, on that same... Yeah, sub- I just remember Eric Bana was in it. And, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, who uh, ironically uh, started as a comedian in Australia. Really? All right. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like he's known as this Hollywood heavy, but he started as like a stand-up. Oh, okay. So I was just – And then he was on a sketch show, and then he got that movie Chopper. Okay, just, yeah. You know, which is a great movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped by the the improv website just to kind of look at it and see what's going on now. They're they're yeah a couple steps up from Dangerfields, but it's not that they're still not hipstered up yet with the right fonts and everything. But oh, um, yeah. they do have nachos there. I see. I see. Oh, that's there. another thing about the improv <laughs> is like they would have like food named after comedians. Like yeah, that was, I don't know yeah. about the main improv, but like the at the uh, like the franchise improv. Yeah. You know? They would like. <laughs> I think it was like Andy Kindler had a bit about that. Like, yeah. uh, you get an L and D generous serving of fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, was... or like the Howie Mandel nachos or something. Like yeah, that. I think that was. I think Jimmy. Yeah, it was a Jimmy Fallon in that in that documentary was talking about. He got a sandwich named after him or something. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. I didn't realize that he'd start out there. Yeah, he was just like what again what has made him so successful is just he's so darn likable. You hear the stories of the improv and Andy Kaufman and what he would do, and you go, oh yeah, I want to have my Andy Kaufman moment. And of course I did it, and I shaved during my act. <laughs> so sad. Like Bud immediately just started like middling him in uh, Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Bud didn't think anything of him, and his wife just went, no, he's got something. And then right. Bud went up and talked to him afterwards, and he, he just said he was just so nice. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. And then the the people like my, my mom likes him. Yeah, yeah he, but if likeable. you look at his like early stand up, it was just like you know, it's kind of like what if so and so yeah. was, <laughs> was a grocery just, clerk? Yeah, was, and then he would just do the impression like you know those kind of bits. Yeah, it was, it was, but he's good at those bits, you know. Yeah, it's like he's he's he you know he's a good talk show host. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll have him on one day. Yeah, maybe <laughs> okay. so. Right. I just I do <laughs> notice the uh, beer at the Improv is a little pricey. Just, I'll How say much? that it was uh, eight bucks for a pint, or is Ooh. that normal? Is that normal price, U.S. prices now? I don't. I don't well, that's kind of it's not too crazy because like yeah. New York prices, you might pay that at bars. Yeah, but when you get a piece of pizza, you get a slice of pizza. Not even a slice, you get a whole pizza with it. In New York. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. At the Alligator Lounge. Yeah, oh, I'm at the Alligator the Lounge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we can get them to sponsor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I guess anything else? Any other improv anecdotes? I'm just I don't have any more. That was it. I mean, that was just it was kind of cool. Just yeah, like you said, it's kind of cool just going in there and seeing it, you know. And then it's not as it's more of a wider. It's more wide, I guess. I mean, oh, the room, the room yeah, itself. the room itself, yeah. Like yeah, and the, the bar out front is like really fun. So I used to just go like hang out there, yeah. like you know. It, it was just like kind of a fun scene just hanging out there. Yeah, and it's actually – it's in kind of a happening part of town. Is it, is it yeah, Mel Melrose. Melrose, yeah. So there's stuff around it, and you can walk around. So, yeah, so it is – it's kind of got that vibe to it. So this is – um, that's weird. So it looks like they – I was just – because I want to know about their open mic. I was trying to see if they still have an open mic, how you get on it, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But this is interesting. They um, – yeah, their open mic's at 545 in the afternoon. Yeah, I so one time I did that uh, when I was going to UCLA summer school, uh -huh. and it's just like, uh, yeah, you just have to wait in a line with people, and it's all, all of those like LA sort of big club open mics. Yeah, is just an incubator of crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, because everyone thinks they're gonna be discovered. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that was like kind of they, they talked about it in that in that documentary. I, I think Marin talks about it a lot too. Is like when like because he would do the the other place, the comedy store, and he talked about there would be those regulars that you just see all the time, you know, and they they, they might not have even been good at all, but because yeah. I guess Mitzi liked them and they would show up, they would go up, you know. Yeah, it's like that. It's it's kind of like the same sort of feeling you get if you've ever been like a movie extra. Yeah, like yeah. hanging with movie extras, you know. They kind of think they're in it, but they're not, <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> all they have to do is just like show up, and they yeah. would get you know three minutes of stage time. Yeah, yeah. And again, like a movie extra, they think they're gonna get like discovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was. Um... Yeah, it was just yeah. I just it kind of I I was only I played it that one time. That was it. But that was enough. I got to do it. You know. I yeah, got to, yeah. I, so, I got to stand up in front of the brick wall. Yeah. Did you take a photo? 
No, I didn't. It was it was all too quick. Jamie Kennedy was in the way, dude. Oh, right. Oh, footnote <laughs> correction. Footnote correction. Right. Uh, there was 400 hours of evening at the improv film. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. That's, that's 400 hours. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> I mean, if you had an evening, if you binge watched the entire yeah, like, series, <laughs> you, you would be dazed. <laughs> yeah, I know that would be. Uh, I don't think I God, could God, that would be like a funny story. Yeah, just binge watching. Watch all the, you would just go insane. Yeah. You would go insane no. with bad 80s comedy with yeah, what would be really, Yeah, what would be really funny would be to watch all like the 1983. I love this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you can. I wonder if it could be done. Oh, it can be done. All right, maybe what we could live blog it or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, anyways, I think that's about it for uh, history of the improv. Um, yeah. Uh, so, how do, how do we log out of this? I don't know. I try, we, log we, out. we brought it up to date and everything. What are we going to talk about next time? Oh, next time, uh, I well, you have to tune in for next time. Pretty much anything in comedy that has a history, we'll talk about it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, where can they check us out, Scott? Well, Harmon, you can find all the episodes. <laughs> you can find all the episodes over at our website for Right Click Save, which also happens to be a company that we're running. Uh, that's rtcksave.com, rtcksave.com, and you can find them. You'll also be able to find them in Google Play and iTunes. Yeah, yeah, and if you have any, like, comments or anything we might have fucked up, like, historically or <laughs> accurately, yeah. Uh, yeah. you can reach me at, uh, at Harmon Leon on Twitter, and where can they reach you? I'm at Scott Colonico, C-A-L-O-N-I-C-O, on Twitter as well. And uh, do we happen to have another podcast that we do as well? Well, yes, we do. As a matter of fact, (laughs) Harmon and I, if you enjoyed listening to me and Harmon ramble on, you can also listen to us ramble on about presidents, including our latest president, Mr. Donald Trump, at the podcast This Is The President. That You can find that up on uh, Google Google Play, iTunes, and at my website, scottcolonico.com. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Everybody goes to bed. We're out. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody goes to bed. Comedy history 101.